Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everybody, how you day? How you day? It's your boy, Ty Roxon, and we're back again with another episode. Today, we're talking to the legendary Colleen DeBase, who's got an amazing column in ink. You should definitely check that out. That will be in the show notes. But what we're discussing today is her new book, Start a Successful Business, Expert Advice to Take Your Startup from Idea to Empire. And we break down every single stage in launching a business. What to do when you have an idea, how to test it out, how to go into the market, how to think like your customer, and then how to build a team, and then what to do about funding. And it's a really, really layered podcast interview because she's so forthcoming with information, and she's got a fascinating background as well. So any of you who is thinking of starting a business, I hope you glean and you take in every single bit of information and you share this as well. Couldn't think of a better way to start the week. And as always, reach out to me if you have any questions. Enjoy. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's episode is with the amazing Colleen the Bass. She's a contributing editor at Inc.com and she has spent the bulk of her career covering entrepreneurship primarily as a small business editor of the Wall Street Journal and later a contributor of the New York Times. And now she's the author of this amazing book, which is about taking your idea to a massive empire, starting a successful business. And she gives you expert uh, advice on how to take that startup or that idea you've had in the shower into something that actually <laughs> makes movement. So I'm pretty excited to, to have, um, have her on the show. Welcome to the show, Colleen. Hey, it's so nice to be here. The pleasure is mine. And, and uh, before I even start to geek out and nerd out about the whole concept <laughs> of business and, and, and what it means to do in the 21st century, Give us some insight as to who Colleen is. What was, what were the early years uh, of your life, and when did you come to that? <laughs> yeah, oh, this is good. I like the laugh oh, already. No. How did you? How did you? Uh, you're tough questions at me already. Oh, oh no! I, I tried. I just wanted to peel back some layers. What? What was? How did you go from early Colleen, young Colleen, to that turning point in your life when you realized this is what I need to do? 
Oh, that's funny. Well, you, you were just talking about geeky, nerdy, I think you said, and uh, that is, that's kind of how I would describe my uh, early formative years. I was definitely <laughs> a bookworm, um, and I still am a bookworm. Um, in school, I was one of those students that always, I, I feel like I always had my nose in a book, and I, re- I was a really good student. I probably didn't have the uh, social skills that uh, that came later in life, but I um, I since I liked reading so much, I also liked writing, and so I knew pretty early on um, when I was maybe you know as young, young as fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, I knew that I wanted to be a writer, and I wasn't sure what to do with that, and I remember. Um, talking to um, uh, like a guidance counselor or, or something like that in high school. And they really um, advised me to pursue a career in journalism, which is not something I had thought of. I was pretty shy, and the thought of going up to people and asking them questions really intimidated me. And I, um, I decided to start uh, but I, I really wanted to be a writer, so I decided to pursue that, and I started writing for my, my high school newspaper and uh, really loved it, and from there went to college and, and pursued a degree in writing and worked for my college newspaper and did tons of internships with different um, different news organizations and eventually pursued a graduate degree in journalism and I had a goal of working for the big publications, and I wound up at the Wall Street Journal in New York City. And um, you know, it took me a long time to get there, but I did, and I had a great time doing it. And then a couple of years ago, I wanted to take a step back, um, and I wanted to pursue um, sort of things on my own schedule and I wanted to kind of be my own boss I guess you could say so I decided to become basically a freelance journalist and so now I write for a variety of publications I'm a contributing editor at Inc magazine and that's who I wrote this book for start a successful business and then I also and this is really meaningful work for me I do um, a lot of work for a nonprofit media company called The Story Exchange, which focuses on female entrepreneurs. And we really try to shine a spotlight on um, the really cool women out there who are starting businesses and creating jobs and providing for their families and giving back to their communities. And sometimes they don't get the, the media attention. So we're trying to shine a spotlight on them. So that, that's the quick summary of who I am. That's no, that that's um that's unbelievable, and I love the fact that you you knew early on that yeah. you were going to be <laughs> or some sort of creative uh, a writer and you know or some sort of a uh, uh, journalist essentially. Yeah, you know it's really a gift to know what you want to do early on in life. Um, I feel very fortunate about that because I, I I have witnessed friends and family you know struggle to figure out what they want to do career wise, and yeah. for me I've. I've, I've known for decades now yeah. <laughs> what I wanted to do. And it's, it's really been a, a great help for me to know that um, it, 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 I had clarity early on, basically. Well, now I want to flip that to the person that doesn't know what they want to do or doesn't yeah. have that clarity. Do you have any yeah. tips for ah, basically weeding through that? Ah, that's a good one. Well, you know, I get into that in my book a little bit in, in, the the very first chapter, which is about how to go about starting a business and coming up with your brilliant business idea. Yep. And and I think basically how you approach that would be how you approach 
anything you're trying to figure out in life. And um, what I had done for the book is I took a, a step back and I looked at all of these super successful entrepreneurs that we've interviewed at Inc. Magazine over the years. And I tried to find some common denominators, you know, uh, uh, that could help others. And one thing that I found was that many successful entrepreneurs started a business um, because they had some personal pain point or frustration that they themselves were trying to solve. And um, I think that that is a cue for anyone who is, uh, you know, trying to figure something out is what what is that? What what are you bothered by? What is, what is something that you really want to see that you don't feel is out there yet? Um, and, you know, in terms of starting a business, that is a great foundation, because when you are trying to create a product or service for yourself, then you're very you're highly motivated to get that product or service on store shelves or manufactured or, you know, in people's hands, whatever you need to do. Um, and also, you know, if, if you want to see, you know, if, if you're struggling and you want, you want this product or service on the market because you think it will help you in some fashion, then there are probably other people who feel the same way and they're called your future customers. Um, a great example that I like to use because it's a fun one is, um, Sarah Blakely, who is a, a well-known female entrepreneur, um, many years ago, she um, she tried on a pair of white pants, and she did not like how she looked in those pants, and she invented a product, an undergarment. Um, it's called Spanx, um, but she invented that. She got it manufactured. She put it on the market. She found a lot of other women wanted to buy the same product, and she's now a billionaire, and that, you know you know, there, there's probably a lot of different things she did along the way, but in the very simple story of how her, you know, empire started was that she had this personal pain point or frustration and she took it and she figured out a solution. And then she decided other people wanted that and she put it on the market. That's, you know, Sarah Blake is also, is always such a great example. I was just watching her on Shark Tech actually. Yeah. And, um, I've read a lot about her and yeah. she's, she's, she's yeah, she is. She's not your typical type of billionaire. Not that I know any of these billionaires, but when you, <laughs> whenever they put together, whenever you hear yeah. them talk, she does come at that the same. She says it a lot. She says, you know, I just really started with this problem that I had. Yep. And I mm-hmm. felt like a lot of women did that. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I have conversations with a lot of entrepreneurs, and a lot of times, I think they've somehow convinced themselves that they don't that the problem they have is not big enough for anyone else to solve, and so that they don't dive into that a lot. Do you ever see that imposter syndrome playing out? Oh, imposter syndrome. Oh, that's a that's a great term. Um, do they think that the? Yeah, I think so. You know, I I think I think that happens with everyone. I think it's a natural feeling. Yeah. yeah. Um. One of the things in terms of coming up with, you know, once you have an idea but you're not sure about it, um, the next thing you can do is to to test it out. I mean, that's what I would advise anyone who maybe has that idea but they're like, "Uh, I don't know if anyone really would want this. I mean, the next logical thing to do is is test it out. And, you know, um, there are there are some people who who don't like to talk to anyone. Once they have an idea, they're afraid someone else might steal it, or that you know they just don't want anyone else to know about it. Uh, maybe because they're they're I don't know they don't have confidence in it. But 
I think, um, and this is, again, when I sat down to write the book, I looked at what the successful entrepreneurs did. And one of the, the, um, the commonalities was that all of them just talked to anyone who would listen about their great idea. And I would highly advise that because then you can, you can figure it out if, 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 if there really is, um, you know, a, a demand for it, if there might be a market, you know, talk to, start with friends and family, um, get their opinions. And, and, and then from there, you know, talk to potential customers, you know, do some surveying, have a focus group, um, look at people in the industry or related industry, try to get meetings with them. Basically, just get out there and talk to people. And that, you know, that doesn't require you quitting your day job or anything like that. But it's, it's just start talking about it and, and, and see, see what people are saying and, and use that feedback. Because, you know, maybe it's a really good idea, but maybe it needs a few tweaks. And you can start tweaking it once you get some of that initial feedback. So for anyone who has that, sort of lack of confidence or that feeling that imposter syndrome, I would say just just keep talking about your idea and 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 take all of the good advice you're getting and feedback and, and start working on it. And then you'll feel more confident that you have something that that will work in the marketplace. Awesome. Awesome. So so now we talked about how to come up with that brilliant business idea that like like you like to say. So <laughs> how do you go about selecting the best strategy and structure? for this mm-hmm. startup? Yeah. Um, so this, that's a good question because the way people start businesses has really changed a lot over the years in large part because of technology and because of the way consumers are now, which is maybe different than, say, 20 years ago. Everything is sort of speeded up quite a bit. Um, I would say um, some years ago, if you were thinking about starting a business, you would do a whole series of things before you even put your product on the market. You would sit down and you would write a formal business plan and you would do a lot of research and you would do maybe development. Um, you, you, would, you would spend a lot of time before even opening your doors. And while that is um, uh, and, and you know, there's a lot of that. That's not a bad idea. The more common approach now is what we're seeing. Um, it's a it's a method called the lean startup method, and this is something that was popularized in a book a few years back by an author named Eric Ries. And the lean startup method is basically when you take when you have that brilliant business idea, you take basically a very bare bones version of this idea and you put it out on the market. And it's basically to do sort of what I was just talking about in terms of getting feedback. It's you're you're going live with your idea and seeing how customers are responding, what the market is saying about it, and then you're making tweaks and you're evolving it in real time. Um, so that's sort of what, in terms of strategy, that's what, at, especially at Inc. What when we talk to entrepreneurs and uh, when our reporters interview. Um, people who are starting businesses, a lot of them are taking that approach, which is to just get going and to get started and to have uh, what's called something called a minimum minimum viable product out there and, and you know, to make tweaks and to, to evolve and to pivot along the way. One of the uh, 
other things I noticed with with the super successful entrepreneurs is that the company that they end up with sometimes looks very different than than how they started. Um, and some good examples of that would be uh, like Amazon, for instance, when uh, Jeff Bezos started it. It was an online bookseller, and of course, it still is an online bookseller, but it, now it sells everything else in the world. So, you know, that's a company that has changed quite dramatically from um, how it first started out. And another good example is Netflix, which, you know, started out as a DVD rental service. And of course, you know, we don't even, people don't even have DVDs really anymore. And, and now it's more, you know, something like a, like a Hollywood studio almost. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, and the, yeah, that's, uh, y- you know, a lot of this is driven by how the speed at which consumers sort of um, sort of taste change and the the way we access products and services is very different than in years past and and there is a need to kind of move quickly at times so so that's why starting lean in that fashion is is what I would recommend yeah now so with the structure you're saying lean it down to the bare bones yeah um, understand that there's 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 gonna <coughs> sorry understand that there's gonna be uh, flexibility most likely due to the fast moving markets. Yep. Um, and I guess my question then is it's twofold. As you're building a team, how do you make sure you build a team that's able to deal with this change? Because they, your teammates, this is as much, yeah. this is like a marriage. I've never been married, but I've been told it's like a marriage. <laughs> right? Um, because, yeah. and how do you get them to, you know, move with the, 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 the tide that's going. Oh, that, that's a great question. Yeah. And that's, you know, as you start to grow and as you start to, um, you know, hire employees, things like that, that gets to your company culture, the, what you want in your workplace. And I think, um, as a leader, you need to have really good communication skills. You need to explain to people what it's like working at your company and you need to be able to do that in a, in a clear way. And you you need to know it yourself, what, what it's like. And I think especially if you have a startup, you probably need to hire people who are very comfortable wearing a lot of hats and doing a lot of things. And, um, you know, some people know that that's not their strength. Um, and, and I think the more you can communicate it, communicate what your culture is like in your company, then you can get people who are drawn to that culture and, and want to come work for you and will be happy and will stay with you as you grow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's very important. I think uh, your team structure is one of the things that you really should pay attention to. You can't um, go about that way. You know, you can't go about it in a half, you know, I don't want to say the word can't half ass it, essentially. <laughs> That's what I was trying to avoid. Way, yeah. And then I was like, I, I, it was like, I was trying to censor myself and I was like, oh, it's my podcast. Um, <laughs> but, 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 um, so, so, so that, that's, that's one strategy. So in terms of structure, are there different types of business structures? Are there, are they flat? Are they layered? Are there, you know, I'm just curious about, I know you mentioned Amazon, you mentioned Netflix, but mm-hmm. in the digital age, there's, you know, sometimes there aren't, even, there aren't even physical offices. You've got Uber, you've yeah. got Airbnb, you've got all these new types of collaborative type of economies that are spawning mm-hmm. businesses. So I'm curious if you've seen a trend there as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, there's been a significant number of tools that have been developed that allow people to work 
uh, remotely from any any place. There's communication uh, tools like, like Slack is a great example. Um, a lot of uh, offices will use that um, to be able to communicate with employees wherever they might be. And there's a whole slew of others that allow people to work remotely. And I think that's definitely a trend we've seen. Um, and, you know, we see more and more startups, uh, companies starting that don't really need to have office space, um, you, you know, for a, a quite a long time because, you know, there are these tools that allow people to work from any place. Um, and that's, I think that is um, a, a great way for a company to start lean in that you, you know, you can use tools like that to um, kind of unite your, your partners, your team, and, you know, any employees you have, and you don't have to make that capital outlay to have a big office space or anything like that. Yeah. So, that's definitely an area where technology has been our friend. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. No, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the the one of the most difficult parts about businesses is funding. Yeah. How do you figure out funding? Yeah. Well, so with funding, uh, um, that's always the tricky part uh, with a business, and uh, you know there are all sorts of to statistics, if you look at them, that will show a pretty uh, high rate of small business failure. It's very difficult for some businesses to make it past the first couple of years. And that's usually because the business is undercapitalized, which is just a fancy way of saying it doesn't have enough funding. Um, that's always been a pain point, I guess you could say, with any small business. Uh, the uh, in terms of where to find the money to start your business, uh, that hasn't changed too much over the years. But the the number one spot uh, to find your to find money to start your business is basically your own pocket. So um, your own what what you bring to the table will be the first will be the first place you look. So your own bank account, your own savings. Um, your own paycheck if you still have a, um, a corporate job maybe that you haven't quit or maybe you have a part-time job that will provide some income. Uh, Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So, you know, your your personal nest egg is is the first place in terms of where to find funding for your small business. Uh the next place would be um friends and family. 
And that is, uh, you know, sometimes the money that friends and family will provide a, an entrepreneur is I've heard it called love money because only people who love you <laughs> will will be willing to give you that money uh, because it's it's really you know when you're in the early stages of starting a business not many uh, uh, not many big institutions will will take a chance on you for instance it will be very difficult for it, for you to get a bank loan um, or even an SBA loan because you don't have a track record yet and a, a bank doesn't want you know, a bank is only going to give you money if they can expect a return. Uh, so it, you know, so those early days of starting a business, it really you have to look at your your own resources, friends and family. Um, some people tap into credit cards. Uh, I I don't uh, as from from a personal finance standpoint, I don't recommend doing that. But some people do. They also tap into retirement savings or home equity loans. All of these are big decisions um, that really have to be thought of carefully, but they are sources of money for some entrepreneurs. In more recent years, we've seen crowdfunding become a popular way to um, to fund uh, an early business or even an early business idea. It's um, you probably are familiar with Kickstarter yeah. or Indiegogo, and and um, I, I think that's a great way for any startup to not just raise money, but to build some brand awareness um, of whatever product or service they're trying to get on the market. It's also a nice way to test out that idea like we were talking about earlier. So um, that's, that's, uh, it's not, it, it takes a lot of work to run a campaign on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. There's usually a video you have to produce and you have to get out the word, but it's, it's, it's a nice sort of introduction to marketing um, for most entrepreneurs. And, um, and it, it, it's almost, it, it's, it's, great, it's a great exercise in marketing. It also um, can help them raise money. That's almost secondary in my mind uh, in terms of Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Um, and then you, you mentioned Shark Tank earlier, yeah. which a lot of people are big fans of the show. And it's a great show. I will say that it's, it's really, it doesn't, it's, it's not really reflective of the, experience of most small businesses um there are something like 30 million small businesses in the u.s only really a handful of all those businesses are the types of um kind of high growth startups that would be uh appropriate for invest investment from angel investors or from venture capital venture capitalists um most most companies are not high growth startups. If you happen to be a high growth startup, um, if you're in an entrepreneurial hub, maybe you're in Silicon Valley or you're in Austin or in New York City, and um, you do think your company will grow large enough so that you might be acquired by another company or, or maybe you might go public yourself, then it would be appropriate to seek um, investment from angel investors or venture capital uh, firms. But, um, you know, you usually, much like getting a loan from a bank or, 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 or an SBA loan even, you need to have a, a bit of a track record. You need, to have show, you need to have something that you can impress someone with. Um, and that can be a product, a, you know, a, a developed product or service that you can show someone or some numbers that back what you're trying to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely know your numbers and know, yeah. track your growth, for example. Okay, so yeah, funding is definitely complex. Uh, everything from angel to, to VC to, you know, mm-hmm. grow, um, you know crowdsourcing. So that's, yeah. that's now, because I love how we're going to stages. And now we talk <laughs> about the idea, the strategy, the funding. The, the, one of the biggest pieces is, all, is always about acquiring customers and getting the word out there. Yeah. How, do, how what have you noticed with your experience because you covered mm-hmm. extensive businesses yeah. what's the best way to get the word well this is again where technology has been our friend in that um you, you know anyone starting a business today has uh can use social media to grow their business and that's something that was not available to startups um say you know 20 years ago even 10 years ago um some of the social networks that are widely used now were not um, were either in their infancy or maybe not even around yet. Uh, it's social media has been a great equalizer in that you don't have to spend a fortune uh, to 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 do a, to to build your brand and to get exposure. Um, it's it's quite different than in in times past when you might have to spend a lot of money to buy a television commercial or a radio commercial or what have you. With social media, a lot of it is either free or um, you know a, a, a far less expensive than traditional advertising. The the one thing I say, will say about social media is that it's almost overwhelming. Um, and uh, at any any of the news organizations I've worked at, when I've interviewed entrepreneurs or I've gotten questions from entrepreneurs, a lot of them want to know how do I handle social media because it's you know you've got Facebook, you've got Instagram, you've got Twitter, and and you know there's seemingly new ones every day, and it's hard to figure out which one. You know, do you need to be on all of them? How do you manage this? Um, I, I I say to entrepreneurs that you definitely need to be on. If, if your customers are on social media, and chances are they are, then you need to be on social media too. So that's the first thing. Um, and then what I recommend for people is to just pick one social network, um, just to make it at least to start with, just to make it a little less overwhelming and I recommend picking a social network that makes the most sense for your business so um, you know if you have if you're opening a restaurant and you serve beautiful food and all of that is is eye candy there's a lot of photos that are just gorgeous then you might want to use something like Instagram because that's what people use Instagram for it's a very visual social network and they want to see those beautiful photos um, if you are starting a business and you offer some sort of professional service, maybe you're a consultant and you have an expertise in a certain area and you work in, a, in certain industries, then LinkedIn would be uh, probably a much better social network for you to spend some time on because the people who go to LinkedIn are, are more professionally minded and um, you know that, that would just be a better better medium. I think when you, in any event, whatever network you, you choose, it does take some time, some effort. Um, if you do small campaigns, it, it takes some resources and some financial resources. So, you know, you want to, you, you, you do want to dedicate either your own time to it, or if you're in a position where you can have someone else dedicate time to it, that that's great too. But it, it takes a while for any company 
to to get to a point where um, they can have a full time social media person. But yeah. but I do I do think it is really these days it's the best way to answer your original question. I think it's the best way to get the name out about your business. It really um, it it has uh, I, I think so many entrepreneurs in, in recent years have have used it to grow their companies. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's a good point. Then I'm, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. And then I guess since social media is the best way, getting, figuring out what their wants are and the needs are, you know, cause it's a crowded place. So how yeah. Do you, how do yeah. You listen. Yeah. So, you know, figuring out what your customers wants and needs are, I think is a critical thing for any entrepreneur to do. Um, you really need to know your customer. And, of course, I'm not saying anything new. I think people have said that since the beginning of time. But it um, it's almost more difficult these days for a lot of companies to know their customers because so much business is done online. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, think of all the different, you know, things that you buy online, you, you, you probably purchase products or services from any number of vendors. They've probably never met you in person. You've never met them in person. So, you know, it's, it's a real challenge these days to know your customer as, as the leader of a business. Um, so a couple suggestions I have for that, and I talk about it in my book is to, you know, uh, this is, uh, you know, take that step back. And this is where, you know, you've, you've already got your, you've got, you know, your business, it's slowly growing. Maybe you've got your product or service in the marketplace. Take some time to step back and to maybe spend a day in your customer's shoes and look at the world the way your customer sees it. So for instance, say, you know, say, say you sell some sort of product, uh, you know, um, uh, I, I, I can't think of anything else. Say so you sell pens, you know, you say you sell a really nice pen, you know, and you've got all these customers that are buying your pens, you know, take a, take a, spend a day in your customer's shoes. Look at why they're buying your pens. You know, there are a lot of other people who sell pens. How come they're not, you know, going to those competitors? You know, what is it about you that they like? Is it, is it the color of your pens? Is it the price of your pens? Is it how your pens work? You know, what is it that makes you different than, than the competitors? So, you know, that, that's good information that you can use, especially if you want to develop more products. You know, you, you want to know why customers are choosing you. Um, one thing that uh, I think this is kind of a fun idea. This comes from the medical industry, actually. But um, when interns at hospitals are training to be doctors, um, sometimes they will they will do this thing where they pretend to be a patient for a day. So they understand what the whole process is like to, to be admitted into the hospital, you know, to check in and to meet with doctors and, and, you know, they get a whole sense from the patient's perspective of what it's like. And that's a great tip for anyone who needs to either reconnect with customers or to really understand their customer base is to, you know, pretend to be pretend to be your customer for for the day you know kind of staple yourself to to the order um your customer's order and see how it goes through your business you know uh, if there are, are people in the customer service that you need to talk to talk to those people just get a real sense of what the customer is seeing and hearing and um interacting with your company and that that 
is hugely informative in terms of, of understanding your customer and, and understanding how you need to serve them, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point on, on you know, the point of presenting, pre, not presenting, pretending to be your, yeah. your customer. Yeah. Right. And it's, you know, this is, I feel like as I say these things, these, this isn't rocket science. No, it's but, not. Yeah. But it's, we, we don't do it. <laughs> right. I mean, these are kind of common sense things, but people, especially when they're in the thick of it, they forget to do these things. So this is, you know, if, if anything, what I, what I hope to do in my book is to just have there be a lot of reminders in there for what people should be doing on a regular basis as they're starting and growing their business. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That yeah. Was, that's good. Oh, we're almost getting ready to wrap up here. So uh, okay. the, the last two points I want to talk about, I'll start sure. off with becoming the, the leader, right? I think we our world needs a lot of leaders. This podcast yeah. was created because I want to help develop the next set of global leaders. Um, and I guess it, it's, you know, in your last two chapters, you talk about becoming an exceptional leader. And yeah. then you talk about going global. So that's a combination right there. <laughs> so I, since I talk about global leaders, can you, can you talk first talk about what it's like to be an exceptional leader and then what that means to go global. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I'll try to do it succinctly, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so I try, so, you know, with exceptional leadership, um, I think the good news is that you can learn leadership skills. You don't have to be born a leader. And I think that's good news for people who maybe have that imposter syndrome that uh, you were talking about before. There are some people who don't feel like they have that innate ability to lead. Well, the good news is you don't have to have been born with it. You can learn and develop develop and practice these skills. And when I was looking at the super successful entrepreneurs and, and trying to find what made them really effective leaders, I, I tried to pinpoint a number of things. And there were kind of like five areas I pinpointed basically. And that is, um, that to be an exceptional exceptional leader, you basically need to do the following. You need to be decisive, and I listed that as the first one because you know when you're when you're running the business, you're the one who makes all the decisions. No one is going to make them for you, so you really need to be decisive. Um, you you need to be able to communicate effectively, and again, that that's so important in terms of communicating, say what your workplace culture is to your employees or communicating what your product or service is to your customers. You really need to be able to be a good communicator. And if you feel that you're not, you can learn. There are any number of courses out there. There's all sorts of people who can teach you public speaking skills. There's any number of resources for that. So don't feel like, you know, if you don't have it, you're done. Uh, You can definitely learn those things. Um, another thing that we see is that um, really great leaders behave generously. And that's something that I think is an important concept and something that we're maybe identifying more of that in, 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 in more recent years. And, and that is, um, you know, that and, and um, being self-aware, which is another trait that we think of exceptional leaders have. Both of those sort of speak to emotional intelligence, and that is, it's almost an intangible, but it's a certain finesse you have as a leader that you can, you're very relatable, you can relate to your employees, you're emotionally sensitive, and I think that is, um, that's really critical these days, especially if you're employing 
millennials and, and Gen Z, there's an expectation that you're going to have that emotional intelligence. So, you, so if you, again, if you don't have those innate skills, you can beef up on them. Yeah. And, uh, and then lastly, we see that leaders have, um, they sort of exude charisma. And that's, that's um, and I see that you, um, you, Tayo, have, have that in, in spades. You know, you're oh, very good you. at, at exuding charisma. And in, one of the great ways to exude charisma is to make other people feel special. And you certainly did that as you introduced me and throughout this whole interview as, as you've asked me questions. I can tell that you have tried to ask questions that are good for my, uh, you know, area of expertise. And you've been very sensitive to that. So you, you definitely are a good example of someone who exudes charisma. So, so, yeah, of course. So those are sort of the leadership traits that I identified and I have that in the book. And, um, you know, those are things that we see um, the successful entrepreneurs having all of those. Yeah, no, this is, this is so good. I, I you know, um, I meant it when I said this. I, a lot of people in the, in the audience, you know, while in the same position, we I built the podcast to inspire people to tap into their inner talents, their inner skills, so that they can go on and change the world. And my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. That's the foundation yeah. of everything that I've done. And you now when I came across your book, um, you know, that I started going from startup idea to an empire, something that I really resonated with because I feel like we're <laughs> in an age where you know, it's not the same as my parents' generation where you still yeah. have to have this job for 50 years right. or so. So that idea and that mindset is something that, you know, I feel like your book uh, gives people. So, you know, yeah. you know, where can people find this? Oh, so you can go, uh, you can go to Amazon.com, um, which I mentioned earlier, <laughs> um, as, as, as a good example of a successful company. But yeah, you can uh, certainly buy the book at Amazon.com and it's called Start a Successful Business. Um, it's published through Inc. Magazine, so you can go to Inc. Magazine's website, Inc.com. There's links to it there, and there's a lot of great articles and uh, pieces of advice on Inc.com. And then you could go to my personal website as well, which is my name, and it's ColleenDebase.com. Yeah, absolutely. I'll make sure I put all this in the show notes. And really, ladies and gentlemen, nomads, make sure you get this book. It's really, really packed with uh, <laughs> lots of advice. And read our, our, our articles. Our, her articles are on um, Inc.com. And you just type in Colleen DeBase and you're going to see a lot of um, things that she's uh, written about. Um, as a final question, this is yeah. the mission statement. My mission statement is use a difference to make a difference, as I said earlier. How do you use your difference to make a difference? Oh, huh. well, I think that's a good question. I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, I think as a journalist, um, you know, the power I have is the ability to shine a spotlight on, on people who deserve that spotlight um, shown on them. And I, I love doing that. I love being able to um, tell the stories of entrepreneurs. I love interviewing entrepreneurs and finding out all of the challenges they went through and all the hurdles to get their business up and running. And, you know, these are people who are creating products and services that, that we love, that are creating jobs in their communities that are really uh, performing a really important service to, to their own local communities. And then, you know, uh, nationally, they're either contributing to the economy. 
by running their uh, own businesses. And it's not an easy thing to, to run your own business. And as a journalist, I love being able to um, give people the attention they deserve. That, that makes me very happy. And uh, in, in recent years, I've been um, focusing on female entrepreneurs, and I've been looking at a lot of women who are running socially conscious companies. So, you know, not only are they, you know, creating companies that are making great products or services and creating jobs, but they also have some sort of mission, whether that's, you know, helping the environment or, you know, they're doing some social good on top of all, all, all of the rest. And I, I give people like that so much credit and sometimes they don't get the media attention they deserve. So what I try to do as a journalist is to give them that attention. Well, no, you do a good job with that and we'll definitely <laughs> make sure we, we get that in, in the show notes. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think uh, being a business uh, person in today's world is one of the best ways to solve problems. So I'm cool. really humbled that you spent this uh, last 45 minutes with us. Oh, well, I, it was my pleasure. I, I am very honored that you asked me to be on this podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.